guys, I got good news and I got some bad news. <laughs> and unfortunately, you know, they always say, say the bad news first, but I'm not. I'm going to tell you the good news first. Uh, unfortunately, um, PJ's not here today. He was supposed to speak. PJ, I call him Pastor Jimmy. PJ, I call him PJ. And um, you guys wouldn't believe what happened to him. Everybody say, what? what? Hey, I like it already. Say it again. Say, what? So he, like, magically woke up this morning in a whole different country. He's in Greece. And he woke up. Y'all give it up for your pastor. Yes. Well, here's the thing. The good news is he's living his best life, and he's chilling. He's doing well. He is okay. Uh, The bad news um, is that um, you guys are stuck with a worship director to bring you the word today. Yes, I know. So bad. Wait, don't get too excited yet. I'm going to tell you why it's bad. <laughs> the reason why it's bad is because as a worship director, I, I, I like engaging, right? So I like people talking and things like that. And what I mean by that is, so when I get up here and I, and I lead worship, you know, this is corporate. And so we're like, hey, guys, let's sing this chorus together. Let's declare this bridge. And you guys do an amazing job. Y'all sing. This is a house of worship. I love it. Y'all sing. I'm like, yeah. But since I'm preaching today, I don't get to say, hey, let's declare point number two because you don't know what it is until I say it. But I figured out how you can still be engaged. Ooh, somebody say how. Just like that. Listen, if I say something, if I say something that sounds halfway decent, you can clap. You can be like, amen, preach, brother. You can be like, preach, tall black man. And if it gets real, real good in your spirit, take your shoe off and throw it at me. I'm just kidding. Do not. Or I will take my shoe off and I'm going to throw it back and we're just going <laughs> to. But anyways, listen, I'm honored to be in front of you all today. Um, I have the privilege of opening a brand new series today. It is Psalms. So we're going to be in the book of Psalms for uh, about the next three weeks or so. And um, I love the book as a worship leader. And one of my favorite characters in the Bible uh, is in the book of Psalms and has written uh, just a little bit of it. Scholars say that David, um, he's who I'm referring to, has written about 70 plus books and Psalms. And um, Moses wrote a few and there's other characters that has written um, different parts of Psalms. Uh, But the one that I'm going to share with you is written by the OG David himself. Y'all wondering what OG means. I don't know if I should say it in church or let you look it up. Original gangster, Lord help me. Um, anyways, I, I look at David like he, he's been on the block. He's he, he been in the game of worship for a long time. And so we're going to talk about him today. Uh, and I'm excited about that. I would say, um, in a nutshell, Psalms is kind of like a giant diary of many characters in, in, in Scripture who, who would write their emotions. It's almost written like poetry as well. Like there's like poems and there's like uh, um, spiritual songs, spiritual hymns. It's kind of written in stanzas sometimes. Some of them rhyme. It's like, okay. So any of the creative people, I like it. It's pretty cool. So I think it's interesting. Um, and so today, I think we're going to have just a little bit of fun. So as a worship leader, uh, one of the things that I get to enjoy, that's pretty cool, I get to travel sometimes. And I get to sing in different places, sing in different whew, arenas and, and Europe, sing in a stadium and different stuff. But when I get off the platform, sometimes people aren't so nice to me. Uh, they tell me, you know, like they don't like the songs that I sing. That doesn't happen here at Grace Life, you know, because, you know, we sing songs and you guys are like, yes, I love it, right? Just act like it's true, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go, see? <laughs> if, if you didn't clap, I'll see you at the service. Uh, <laughs> and so... A lot of times I'll get off a platform and somebody will be nice. And they'll say things like, man, Gregory, you have such an amazing voice. And I'm like, oh, well, thank you. You know what I'm saying? I'll take that. I don't know why y'all look like y'all judging me like you've never taken a compliment. Like, ah, I went all the way to your head. 
And then other times they're like, man, Gregory, if I could sing half as good as you, just half, everybody around me would have to get me to shut up because I would never stop. And I'd be like, oh, thank you so much. And then I'd walk away. You know what I'm really saying in my mind? You're a liar. You lie like a rug. That's what my aunt used to say. You lie like a rug. I don't know if you ever heard that. Um, and the reason why is because I, I feel like maybe it's our humanism or how we are structured, wired. We tend to like things that are maybe not in our lane and then maybe kind of neglect what we are called to do. And so what I mean by that is a small person look at a big person, they're like, man, I wish I was bigger. And big people look at small, man, I wish I was smaller. Tall people wish they were short sometimes. Short people wish they were tall sometimes. If you are married, listen, I am speaking today and you get to look at me. Don't look at your spouse right now. This is not the time. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. You're safe. But some of y'all who are married right now are like, Lord, I wish I just had one day where I could be single again. Don't shout. Don't say anything. Oh, she bold. Okay. She clapped. <laughs> We're going to pray in Jesus' name. No, I'm just kidding. And then single people are looking like, y'all crazy. I'm tired of being by myself. I wish I was married. And so we tend to look at, we like what you have. And this person's like, what well, we have. And it's like, well, I would trade my life for yours. And they're like, yeah. But what we would find out is if we traded, we'd be in the same spot. And so I know that firsthand because I am a worship leader, right? I'm a vocalist. This is what I do. It's my profession. And even though when people say, oh, man, they would have to get me to shut up if I could sing half as good as you, Greg. And I'm like, you'd be shutting yourself up because there's times I wake up and I'm like, I ain't feeling that. I don't want to sing today. As a matter of fact, intentionally, there are times where I drive. I'm a music junkie. And I drive and I'm like, I don't want to hear no music. I want silence. What? Me? Me? Silence? I'm an extrovert. I hate being by myself. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> it's me and my dog, and I was looking like, Greg, what do you want? I'm like, somebody to talk to, not you, because you don't, well, she's okay because she don't talk back. I don't, that's a whole diff- another sermon. <laughs> but but I, I started asking myself, like, man, because I'm a why person. Do I have anybody in here that's a why? Like, you got to know why you do certain things, the why behind it. So my dad would be like, Greg, don't touch the stove. And I say, why? He's like, because I said so. How many of y'all know I said so? Because I said so wasn't a good enough answer for Gregory. So I got to go and touch that stove like, boop. And guess what? (laughs) Brother got burned. Come on, somebody. I got so many stories of those. That's not what we're talking about. However, because I'm a white person, I want to know, why am I here? What's my purpose? What am I called to? What is my assignment? I want to know, why am I doing this? Why, why, why? And it's interesting how society's built. We go to school. We go to middle school, we eat lunch that we don't like there. We go to high school sometimes, ew, and it's, a lot of things happen. We pay money to go to college. We spend money to go to college. I'm going to say that again. We spend money to go to college, and we're like, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I want to do. And then we get to this juncture. Yay, we got it. This is what I want to do. And then we wake up one morning saying, no, nah, I'm not feeling it anymore. My question to you is, what do we do when we get to a place where what we're so passionate about, we're like, I'm just not feeling it. I mean, if we're honest, raise your hand if you're in this room, you're like, there are certain things you've been passionate about where one day you're just like, I don't know if I'm feeling it anymore. For example, when I was younger, no one could convince Gregory Bruno (laughs) on the face of this earth that I wasn't going to eat for the rest of my my days. For the rest of my days. I told myself I was going to eat Cool Ranch Doritos every single day. And then I got older and realized that stuff makes your breath stink. And I was like, I was like, I got to stop eating those. No more Doritos. No more Doritos. But we get in points of our lives where we're like, I'm passionate. And then it goes away. And sometimes it feels like a scary place because it's like, if this is what I'm passionate about, I spent my whole life to get here. 
if I don't want to do that anymore, what's next? Like, what's the point of all this? Oh, today's going to be so good. Oh, it's going to be fun. And so sometimes some of us in here are like, I'm not feeling it. And maybe for you, it may only last a day. But some of y'all, it's it's lasted weeks and then months and years. And some of y'all not feeling it is your purpose and your calling that God has called you to. And you've been running away from God, being disobedient for years. So so how do we get back? And so today I'm going to talk about how do we get to a place where we are pursuing purpose again, where we can get up and say, okay, even though I'm not feeling it, yes, Lord, what do you have for me to do today? So today I want you all to see the title of my sermon. I think it's fun. You got to put it up. It says, bless the Lord. Say it with me. Say, bless the Lord. Whose name do y'all think going there? Oh, this is going to be fun. Listen, remember, I said we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to engage. I want you to turn to the person that's close to you and say, neighbor. Oh, y'all ain't talking loud enough. Come on, y'all say neighbor. neighbor. Don't worry, because today's sermon ain't about you. Ooh, tell them, say, it's about me. Oh, I know you don't like it. Tell somebody else, say, hey, neighbor. Don't worry, today's sermon is not about you. It's about me. <laughs> and so about, about 10 years ago, one of my favorite evangelists uh, passed away. And um, I thought he's one of the greatest evangelists that's ever walked the face of this earth. Um, and um, one of the reasons why he's one of my favorite evangelists is because he also was a songwriter, right? And so I thought that was pretty cool, right? And he, he wrote a song. Some of y'all may know who he is or the song. He wrote a song titled Man in the Mirror. Um, and his name is um, Evangelist Michael Jackson. And um, listen, I, I get it. I know some of y'all don't know who he is because y'all was too spiritual. You know, y- y'all couldn't listen to his music. But if I sang a chorus and y'all joined in, you know what I'm saying? Y'all ready? One, I'm just kidding. Don't tell me. But Evangelist Michael Jackson, he, he knew something. He knew that it started with you first. And so let's, we're going to read Psalms chapter 103 today. We're going to have a little bit of fun. Here goes. Let's start at verse 1. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. So let's pause real quick. David is the one that's writing this psalm. Remember, David, David is the guru of worship. All right. Now, I played basketball in high school. I was, I was pretty decent. <laughs> I'm a worship leader. I know you guys love me here, right? Yes, you guys love me here. Grace life, yes. But guess what? If they had a draft day, you know, they have NBA drafts and NFL and MLB and all that stuff. If they had a worship leader draft day, unfortunately, Gregory Bruno would not get picked first. David would be getting picked first. Every team would want David. Every church would want David. Every ministry would be like, we got to have David. We got to have David. David is the man. That boy slaying people, slaying animals. He out here playing spirits out of people on the harp. Like, mm-hmm. He's not even saying anything. He, he, he's that good. That's who he is. David. Now, my question is, how does someone of his caliber get to a place? This is how I envision David writing this psalm. Looking at himself in the mirror. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. But, but I don't understand. How does someone like David get to a place where he's got to convince himself to bless the Lord? Where he's got to speak it into his own life. It's his calling. It's his assignment. Ooh, let's have some fun. Let's do something real quick. Let's all stand up for a second. Y'all like, Greg, crazy. I am. I know. I gave you the disclaimer at the beginning. I told you it was bad news. Okay? So for formality's sake, I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, I want everyone to bless the Lord. And we're going to do it for 10 seconds. You ready? One, two, three. Go ahead. Bless the Lord. 10 seconds. Go. 
Come on, five more seconds. Come on, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. All right. All right. Listen, if we continue, we ain't going to get, we ain't going to, uh, sit down, please. <laughs> I ain't going to finish this sermon. Now, some of y'all, I looked around, some of you guys clapped, some of you guys shouted, some of you guys said words, some of you guys started praying. And then maybe some of y'all was like, what does this joker want me to do? I don't know what that even means. And I don't blame you for it. Because I don't believe anyone in this room went to Kroger's last week and was like, hey, man, what's up? How you doing? And they're like, man, I'm just blessing the Lord, man. It's not our regular language. Whenever you hear bless the Lord, it's normally in Psalms or like in a song. But normally people don't just walk around talking about blessing the Lord, bless the Lord. So what does it mean? God can't gain anything from us. So when we bless the Lord, it's not like we're giving him something to make him better or to make him greater, you know. The Bible, Scripture even says, like, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. When it says magnify, it doesn't mean making the Lord bigger. It's really us getting smaller or decreasing so that he might increase, right? And so what does it mean when the Lord blesses us, we gain wisdom. When the Lord blesses us, we can gain patience. I don't really like to ask for patience. I did once, and I learned my lesson because then you got to be tested. <laughs> Lord, I'm okay without that one. And so when we ask, you know, for the Lord to bless us, he gives us wisdom, he gives us things, he gives us health, strength, and all these things. But when we bless the Lord, what that really means is it's an expression of praise and giving thanks, which is why I understand why sometimes we're like, I'm not feeling it. You know why? Because in order for us to bless the Lord, it takes us doing something. It's action. It's an expression. We got to get up. We got to move. We got to pursue. It's now faith, which is active. We have to do something if we're going to press toward that. And so sometimes we're like, I'm just not feeling it. And that's why we don't bless the Lord. Ooh, let's keep moving on. It gets better. Verse 2. Woo! It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, come on, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I could read that scripture, clap, bless the Lord, and go home. But, but here's the thing. How many of us uh, remember what God has done in our lives? But verse 2 says, bless the Lord Forget not all his benefits. So I recall when I was younger, um, and I'm Haitian. Um, my parents are from Haiti. I wasn't. I've been there only once. I know, shame on me. Okay, we're over it. Okay. Um, and um, I, I have four siblings, and we used to play video games and stuff like that. And I don't know why, but I remember in particular <laughs> that we didn't shop at the perfect timing. So normally food's about to run out, you go grocery shopping. I don't know what we were thinking. We waited till it was nothing, and then we we're going to go. So my mom and dad was like, hey, we're going to go grocery shopping. Uh, mom and dad, we've sent dad a few times, and um, he never got it right. He, he has a list, and we're, anyways. So mom and dad went together to go shopping for us. And um, so we'll play video games, and then I'll go to the fridge. i open the fridge. There's nothing to eat. Close the fridge. Go back. Play video games. Ten minutes later, I, you, you know, I went to the same fridge again. And opened it and was like, maybe I missed something and closed it. Listen, I just want to make sure I'm preaching to the right kind of people. You know? Raise your hand. Oh, Holy Spirit, work right now. Raise your hand if you hate eating the butt ends of a loaf of bread. Come on, my peoples. Yes, come on, come on. Listen, it was so bad that we already ate the butt ends of the bread. There was nothing. I mean, nothing left in the fridge. I mean, gone. 
my brothers and I would argue like, no, you eat the butt ends of the bread. No, you can have it. No, you can have it. No, you can have it. Not, really? Normally we're arguing about who's going to eat. We're like, no, you please go ahead, the butt ends. There was nothing left. But what I realized at a young age was I knew how to go back to where there once was something before. Isn't it interesting that God does something for us last week and we forget about it today? It's so interesting because I feel like our memory in the body of Christ is terrible. I mean, all the way terrible. And we understand like in John, like, you know, Scripture says in John 10, 10, the enemy comes to what? To steal, kill, and destroy. Say it again. Say he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But guess what? I believe that whenever we read that passage, we're always looking to the future. Oh, I have a roadblock. I have something going up against me. Why? Because the enemy is trying to steal what I have in the future, trying to kill what I have in the future, trying to destroy what I have in the future. But guess what? I want to submit to you, friends, today but that I believe the enemy is after more than just your future. He's trying to steal, kill, and destroy all the past memories of where God has been faithful in our lives. And so we get in a situation where we're facing a hard time and we have nothing to draw from because we can't remember what God did for us last week. We can't. Can we just take 10 seconds real quick and remember and give God praise for what he's done in our lives? Come on, somebody remember and give him praise. Yeah. Listen, you may not be where you want to be, but I thank God I'm not where I used to be. And we have a hard time remembering what God has done in our lives. And so David is like, hey, listen, Forget not all his benefits. If I'm going to bless the Lord, I need to be able to remember what God did for me. Yeah. Let's keep reading. So in verse 6, it says, The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. What they're referencing right there is back in the book of Exodus, when Moses was, y'all, Moses was leading some, some snobby. I don't know if I can say this in church, but I'm going to say they, they were kind of like brats. Can I say that? Don't answer me. It's okay. They were, they were literally, un, they, were, they were not thankful at all. They were ungrateful. It would be like us saying, oh, we have nothing to eat. And we walk outside, and it just starts raining sirloins and steaks. And it, it just starts raining hamburgers. I mean, the good ones. Hallelujah. You know? And then we start eating. And then by tomorrow morning, we're like, Lord, where are you at? That, that's what was happening when Moses was trying to thank the Lord for Moses. I don't know if I would have lasted that long. I would have been like, listen, I'm out, y'all. Peace. I'm going by myself. Forget y'all. And so that's what he's talking about. But the Lord was still steadfast even in that. The Lord was patient with, with his people. In verse 8, it says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Verse, verse 9, he will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. I'm going to read verse 10 again, even if it's just for me. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. Isn't anyone thankful for that? Isn't that good? My God. Verse 11, for as high as the heavens above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Wow. So I'm going to share a story that I'm not the most uh, proud of, and I'll let you be the judge of that after you hear me share it. Um, so I played basketball in high school, y'all. How y'all doing? 
I was good. <laughs> I was very cocky as well, which is why I believe the Lord pulled me out of that because um, I probably would not be here right now at all. My character was jacked. Drank, it was just messed up. It was bleh. And um, I was basketball captain, and I had a lot of influence in my school. I did. And I remember when I was young, people used to tell me, like, hey, you're going to have influence. Make sure you use it for the Lord. And I'm like, hey, whatever. And I find myself in 11th grade, and I was a bully to a little person. And I feel so bad about it. I was six foot two um, um, in 11th grade. I'm six three now. Come on, somebody. I'm growing still. Come on. We'll pray, pray for me. Six five is the goal. I don't know why. Just it's a good number. Anyways, um, and I was a bully. And there were times where I would flat out just say mean things and bully him. And then there were other times where I saw things happening, and I chose to not speak up. How many of y'all know that sometimes your silence is your response? Is your answer? Sometimes by you not saying anything means you agree with what's happening. I know I stepped on somebody's toe, but I'm going to keep stepping on it until you got to get a Band-Aid. Because uh, what the Lord is trying to get us to understand is when Holy Spirit says, hey, what's happening over there is not right. You need to speak. But what we try to use as an excuse is, oh, it ain't my business. Oh, it is if Holy Spirit told you to talk. It is our business. And so um, I had to learn the hard way. Somebody say, How? How? <laughs> Here we go. So years later, I graduated high school. I get invited to lead worship for a night of worship. Wow. The Lord just loves Gregory, I'm telling you. And um, I get invited and they're like, hey, we want you to just take 45 minutes and sing, be led by the Lord and whatever happens. And, and I was like, okay. And so I get there. I'm excited. I got my acoustic guitar. got my little setup. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a great night. Hallelujah. And um, the pastor gets up. He speaks a little bit. He's like, hey, we're going to turn over to Gregory. And I get up. Ten minutes in, I mean, we're, it's amazing. I see a gentleman walking up, and he sits on the front row, right where Brian is right here. And I'm like, y'all want to guess who it is? It's him. And I'm literally singing, and I'm like, I'm going to tell you, I want to let y'all know how talented I am. Because I was singing one thing, but in my mind, I was like, I'm not the same person, I promise. I'm not the same person. That's not me. It's not me. I'm changed. I'm changed. I'm changed. It's not me. So embarrassed. And Holy Spirit said, address it. And I said, okay, this is what we're not going to do today. Is you're not going to come and try to listen. If Holy Spirit is going to come, it's supposed to, hey, it's supposed to encourage. Them. No, I'm not doing that. Me? Nah, bro. I'm good. I'm cool. So I'm like, I'm good. So I keep going. Ten minutes left in my set. Laura's like, no, you need to address it. And I'm like, wow, here we go. Man, the Lord has an interesting way of bringing things around. I asked the Lord for forgiveness. But according to scripture, I was supposed to go to him. I did not. And if I stood here right now and told you all that I tried to get in contact with him, I know how to find him. I didn't even try. I was like, nope, I don't want to find him. Lord, just work a miracle in his heart. Let, let him have a dream and know that I forgave him. I mean that I'm asking for forgiveness. Because then you, you start playing mind games with yourself. You're like, well, Maybe it wasn't that bad. Oh, it was terrible, y'all. It was terrible. It was terrible. And I call him up. I was like, hey, Andreas, come up. And he comes up, and I'm like, I was like, he might not remember who I am. And he was like, oh, I do. And I was like, eh, it's going to be one of those. Probably one of the most humbling experiences in my life. I'm going to try to get through this story without crying because I remember how I felt. It, it was so bad. And... By him crying, I felt even worse because I was like, I'm just wondering from the time I bullied him to this point, 
I could have planted a, a seed that had a root on the inside of him where maybe he doesn't speak to certain people because of stuff like that. He has anger towards certain people because of me. I'm the cause that's causing him to be a certain way. And so I was like, man, I don't want to be the cause of it. I don't want to be the cause of it. And um, I was like, hey, man, I just want you to forgive me. And he's like, I accept your forgiveness. Let me tell you all, the atmosphere shifted in that place. It, it turned into a whole different service. People started, it, it, it became like a forgiving service. People was like, man, you know what, I've been harboring unforgiveness. You might be in this room right here, and maybe you're harboring some stuff. Because people heard my story, and they're like, <gasps> and they looked at him, and they're like, Wow. The fact that he was able to forgive him, that's awesome. Here's the other thing. Sometimes you don't know what's, what you're holding until you release it. You don't know what's on your back. You, you don't. You're used to it, and you're like, oh, I'm strong. This is how it's supposed to be. And then weights are taken off, and you're like, oh, my goodness. This is how I would have been running? This is how I would have been walking? And so I asked the Lord for forgiveness, and I was like, okay. But I didn't realize until that moment that I never received forgiveness. I didn't receive his love. I was like, man, I don't know if he would, you know, forgive someone like me for what I did. And, and I love this portion of the psalm because sometimes we're not feeling it. We can't bless the Lord because we're still mad at ourselves for things that the Lord has forgiven you for. We're like, no, there's no way that God would love me enough to forgive me. And so we'll come to a service and they're like, come on, let's raise up a hallelujah. Or, hey, let's sing this song. And you're like, nah, there's no point. I can't contribute to this, to this atmosphere. Because you're still thinking about what you did last week, last month, for the last 10 years. Listen, my brother, uh, uh, his wife, my sister-in-law, her dad, I'm going to tell you this. I'm, I'm going to tell you how it took him uh, 10 years to forgive himself. He was in the car, all his family was getting on, and their three-year-old baby snuck behind the tire and he reversed and hit him. And he died on the spot. So try to convince him. Like, oh, bless the Lord anyway. Bless the Lord anyway. I, I, I get it. We're like, oh, we can't forgive ourselves. No, I can't forgive. It took him 10 years. And now he's a crazy preacher and, like, it's amazing what God has done on the, uh, um, through him. And I believe there are some people on the side of my voice right now where you're like, you know what? I, I, I can't bless the Lord really because God hasn't forgiven me. He hasn't forgiven me. And I'm here to tell you that's a lie from the pit of hell. That is the enemy trying to whisper in our ears and letting us know that we're not getting up to his love. So we need to learn how to receive it. In verse 13 it says, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. For As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it and it is gone. And its place knows it no more. Verse 17, but the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. Hallelujah. Verse 18, it says, to those who keep his commandment and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and the kingdom rules over all. Look how David ends the psalm. Verse 20, it says, bless the Lord, all you his angels. You mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. And then he ends it and says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. I, I think it's incredible how David starts writing 
bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And then he's like, okay, I got I to gotta remember some stuff. If I'm going to be able to do that, I, I know how the enemy is going to come at me. He's going to get me to forget where God's been faithful. He's going to tell me I'm not good enough. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the person that is sitting in your chair, that is wearing your flip-flops, your shoes, your heels, your flats, whatever you're wearing, you're good enough to, to receive his love. You, yes, you. Yes, you. Yes, jacked up you. Yes, filthy you. Because guess what? It says, bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. All, all, all the junk, all the filth. He wants it all. It amazes me because I've never in my life been to a hospital and, and walked into an ER room and saw people who were in there with like, hey, we just want to stop by and let you know I'm feeling good. No, people go to a hospital because they are sick. In our society today, I don't know where we get it from, but we've been tricked into, I can't come to church until I get my life together. Well, if we have it all together, what are we doing? Why do we need him if we got it all figured out? You don't, I don't, we don't, we need him. We need him. You are good enough to receive his love. And so David starts off by saying, hey, I'm gonna bless the Lord because it starts with me. We gotta own it. We gotta own it. It starts with me first. It starts with me first. And then by the end of the psalm, he's saying, bless, he's inviting others, he's not like saying, hey, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, Brian. Bless the Lord, Gabe. Bless the Lord, Kirk. Can the world look at us and say, hey, I can count on Gregory to bless the Lord. Can you put the next slide up? So before we're saying bless the Lord and we're filling that blank, now we should be saying Gregory will bless the Lord. Can you go out and tell people, hey, I will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord. Come on, turn to your neighbor, tell them, say, I will bless the Lord. Come on, say it confident. Look at them. Tell them. Tell somebody else. Say, I will bless the Lord. And guess what? You know what else I understand? That you may have said that, but you still ain't feeling it. And it's okay. But I pray that before we leave this room, that you will walk away knowing that you can bless the Lord. And God is calling us to do it. But we're not blessing the Lord. We're not in our purpose. We're not in our calling. We're not walking in our assignment. And it affects more than just you, it affects the people around you because they need you to bless the Lord so it can encourage them. We're the salt in this earth. Y'all, I love to eat, but if you hand me a dish with no salt, well, I mean, a dish with no salt, it's bland. And if the Lord is saying you're salt, that means without you, this world is dull. This world has no flavor. But are you willing to step up and say, you know what, I'm going to bless the Lord anyway. And so I talked about the four points, and I'm going to list them real quick if you're taking notes. So the process, if we're going to get back to our calling, our assignment to where God has called us, number one, we're going to have to command ourselves. That's us. You know, as crazy as it sounds, I wake up every morning and I talk to myself in the mirror. Right after I brush my teeth. I'm serious. It goes something like this. You are the head and not the tail. Today, you're not going to have road rage. I'm, I'm serious. Today, you are going to walk in the steps of whatever the Lord has for you. The Lord has already ordered your steps. You just have to walk it out. Today, you're not going to be defeated. You are above. You are not beneath. I got to command myself because sometimes I wake up and I'm not feeling it. I'm not. And I don't expect you to wake up and automatically, some days you're not, but we got to command ourselves. Number two, we got to remember. Somebody say, remember. Come on, shout it out. Say, remember. 
Remember, the enemy is not just after your future, man. He's after your past. Memories of where God has been faithful. So that way we can say, oh, Lord, you've never been there. And he's like, yes, I was. Yes, I was. Remember I saved your life in that car accident? How did you forget that so easily? The enemy will try to get us to forget. And so we got to remember. Number three, we need to learn to receive his love and forgiveness. And I just feel my spirit right now. I feel like, I don't know if this service, but I feel like this is where a lot of us are right now in this room. We don't know how to receive his love and his forgiveness. We don't feel like we're good enough. The truth is on your own, you're right, you're not. On my own, I'm not. But with him, yes, you are. We are. And number four, after you've done one through three, we need to invite others to bless the Lord with us. Don't keep it for yourself. It's too good to be by yourself. I'm gonna share a quick story as I'm wrapping up. I know in the beginning I told you guys, you know, people come to me and they're like, oh, you seen great and things like that. Uh, uh, almost a month to this date. It was a Thursday morning. Um, well, actually Wednesday, my mom called me. Um, just so y'all know, I'm a mama's boy. Bonafide mama's boy and I'm proud about it. And when I say mama's boy, I'm not saying she does my laundry. She, don't live, she lives in Florida. She didn't pay my bills. That's not what I mean. I talk to my mother every single day. I love my mom to life, and I'm thankful that her and my dad have been married and still married for 35 years. It's amazing. Yeah. But my mom, <laughs> I love her so much. And um, she called me hysterically crying. I'm like, what's up? And she was like, Greg. Uh, her little brother, my uncle, who lives in Haiti, I'm Haitian, I told you guys earlier, um, he got hit by a car. He was walking and got hit by a car, and it was a hit and run. Um, he broke his leg and his arm, and he had a, a crack in his skull. And um, in Haiti, it's different from over here. They don't touch you until you pay all the money up front in cash. They ain't doing no surgery. There's no payment plan. There ain't nothing. You got to pay up front. So she said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I was like, Mom, calm down. It's going to be all right. I hang up, and I start bawling. I'm like, Greg, you got to be strong for Mom. Okay? And so I call my siblings, and thank the Lord we were able to come up with the finances, and he went into surgery. Um, backstory behind that is my mom has breast cancer. She also has high blood pressure. She had thyroid. She's had a lot of issues and things like that. And so certain days I wake up and I'm like, not talking to her, I wake up and I'm like, Lord, mom's gonna be okay, everything's all right. And then certain days, y'all, I'm over here preaching y'all about not feeling it. Certain days I wake up, I don't even feel like praying. I have no strength. I'm like, I just can't. But how many of y'all know in our weakness, he's made strong? He is. And so it was Thursday morning at 1.30, I booked a plane ticket and said, I gotta go to Florida and see my mom. And I texted PJ, Pastor Jimmy, and I was like, hey, I gotta go see my mom because I knew that if I just showed up, it would take her mind off everything and be like, oh my goodness, Gregory. And so um, I booked the only flight that I could get. I was a little disappointed with what I was able to find, but it was last minute. I'm a little bougie with how much. Anyways, um, <laughs> so 1.30, I booked the flight. My flight left at 5.45 a.m. I went straight, I was like, I'm out. And um, I get there and my mom's reaction was priceless. I get there and she's like, Grigori, Grigori. That's how you say my name in Crow. And I was like, yeah, she's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I came to see you guys. And she collapsed in my arms and tears start running down her face. 
And I was like, wow, this is awesome. My dad was happy. And so I spent time with my family. And um, I got back Saturday night, almost into Sunday morning. There were so many delayed flights from Charlotte. But anyways, um, and I land to only see that my mom sent me a text of her very discouraged. Now I'm angry and upset. Not at my mom, at the situation. I'm like, Lord, I went all the way to Florida to try to make her day. And man, I wasn't getting I was just angry. I was mad. So I slept for about four hours and came Sunday morning, led worship. Nine o'clock service goes through. And um, I wasn't all in it. My, I was not where my two feet were. My mind was like my mom, just a lot of stuff, which I'm sure a lot of you all walk in here every week with. And you're sitting by someone next to you and you don't really know what they're facing. How you doing? Good. We give them a little church hands. I'm all right. And you're dying on the inside sometimes. I'm being real. And so after nine o'clock service, a lady in the, in the prayer room and a lady in the lobby, they came to me. They're like, Gregory, man, service was amazing. And in my head, I was like, really? Okay. And PJ saw me. He was like, hey, Greg, let me holler at you. And he was like, what's wrong? And I just start bawling. I was like, man, my mom texting me. This is going on. He's like, that's great. He's like, do you know that you're declaring a song this morning right where you are? Y'all know what song that was? It was a song we sang today. It was Raise a Hallelujah. There's a part in the song that says, I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. And not just there, louder and louder. Because I, I want the enemy to know, listen, yes, I have stuff going on, but you can't shut me up. You'll never be able to stop my praise. I will bless the Lord even when it's tough. I'm going to bless the Lord even when it's hard. I will bless the Lord when it doesn't make sense. I will bless the Lord. Is there anyone in this room that would say, I will bless the Lord no matter what? I will bless the Lord. I know it's hard, but you can do it. And so I just want to pray for, for two groups of people. If you allow me to, if we can just all bow our heads and close our eyes. God, I, I, just, I just want to pray for everyone in this room under the sound of my voice. Lord, I just pray that you would just constantly remind us where you've been faithful in our lives. Encourage us to keep blessing you, Lord. Lord, I, I just want to pray for that person that has been running from you for years, from their call and their assignment. And they gladly take a back seat knowing that their seat is somewhere else. Lord, I pray that they would take it up and operate in the fullness of who you've called them. Lord, I just pray that passion would be revived again, restored again, that we would learn to command ourselves to bless the Lord, that we would remember so that way we can bless you, Father, that we would learn to receive your love and your forgiveness so that we can bless you. And after that, that we would invite everyone in our communities, in our cities, on our jobs, in our homes, men in this room, that we would be leaders of our homes. We thank you in Jesus' name. And so, Lord, we know that it's already done. And if we could just stay in that same attitude of prayer, I want to pray for someone in this room that's maybe like, hey, Gregory, um, Jesus is not my king. He's not my savior. Everything you said is cool, and I feel like something's going on inside. That's the Holy Spirit nudging you. Yeah. And so I just want to say a prayer that you can repeat after me. You don't have to say it out loud. I'm going to need you to raise your hand. I'll need you to come down to the front. And it's nothing in the prayer that I'm going to tell you. It's all in the position and the posture of your heart. Say something like this. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I am nothing without you. Lord, I thank you for dying for me. I've tried to live life for so long without you. It doesn't work. And God, I recognize that I need you. 
Lord, today, I'm asking that you would come into my heart. I know I will never be perfect, but I promise to follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's celebrate for all those people.